The Dolphins are in town and practice got a little bit chippy at times, but the Buccaneers definitely did not escape unscathed. We break it all down here on Locked On Bucks Live. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we are live right now. I am James Yarko, joined by my cell phone, not muting co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can check out his written work over at Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over on SB Nation's BucksNation.com. And of course, make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. What's up, guys? Thanks for making Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view every single day. Coming live again, like James said, after practice today, Miami Dolphins uh, in town. And it was it was good, James, because before the practice actually got started, right? Both teams came out, they stretched, they did a little mm-hmm. bit of walkthrough. Uh, at least the Buccaneers did a little bit of install walkthrough. Miami Dolphins, evil Dolphins media tried to cheat and video some of it. Yes. Um, so shout out to Bucks Communications for quickly and swiftly shutting that down. Um, they weren't was, taking any gruff. No, it was, it was very impressive. So good good news for for Bucks fans. There, your offense is not being uh, disseminated through through Dolphins media. But we're going to uh, dive into our observations. From the offense, which was watched by Mr. James Jarko, the defense, which was watched watched by me. Uh, but first, we're gonna start off with a little bit of bad news during one-on-one drills. Russell Gage pulled up limp on a on a again a one-on-one drill um, and immediately left the practice field. Now, James, you were watching offense, like I just said. I was watching defense, so I heard about it. I was getting the Twitter feeds from it, uh, just like everybody else was. But you were there. Uh, tell us what you saw. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun little you know one-on-one drill, and uh, fans were getting hyped during this drill and and Russell Gage just ran a real simple crossing route, kind of stretched out a little bit for the ball and immediately pulled up limp, grabbed the back of that left hamstring and he was off the field, uh, you know, immediately did not return anything like that. So another hamstring uh, issue with the wide receiver group and, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, but you know, that means in these, uh, you know, in these drills, the seven on sevens, the 11 on 11s, you didn't have Mike Evans, you didn't have Chris Godwin, and now you didn't have Russell Gage. So you hope that it's not serious and it's kind of a, if it's going to be a hamstring issue, it's kind of like Mike Evans where right. he's still able to kind of run and test it. It's not real bad. And, you know, you hope it's not a full pull. You know, maybe just strained it a little bit. But uh, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on here in, in the coming days. But I'd say we're not going to see Russell the you know tomorrow with the Dolphins or on Saturday, not that he probably was going to play all that much anyway. Yeah, I think you're probably shutting Russell Gage down for the rest of the week easily yeah. until you get to Nashville and, and start to practice with the Titans. Maybe you see him back on uh, the field. But honestly, the Buccaneers kind of know already you know, what you have in Russell Gage as far as how he fits your offense. You love to see him go against live competition. All the guys are talking about that, about finally getting to go uh, up against a guy that didn't wear the same jersey. So, you know, more more to follow on that, guys. But that is, you know, unfortunately, we don't want to kind of get into full-on, you know, spec- or, uh, speculation about how bad it could or couldn't be based on how he reached for it and all that stuff. But that is, uh, unfortunately, what it looks like there. So, what uh, while I was watching the defense, a couple of good plays for for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense on the second field uh, going up against Tua Tungabailoa and the Miami Dolphins offense. Um, first of all, Carlton Davis third had an interception, a very nice 
uh, break on a dig route. He actually, in his post-practice press conference, said, he's like, listen, he was like, when I'm playing off, that dig is something you definitely don't want to throw against me because I read it really well, really well, and that's exactly what he did. Um, I was watching him on that play, just you know, just blessings from above that I just happened to be watching number 24, and he, like you said, he fell back in. Uh, the route came up. He, he said it. He clicked. He closed. Uh, he came in, got in front of the receiver, uh, and picked off the ball beautifully. Um, some conflicting reports on whether it was Tua or Teddy Bridgewater. Again, I was walking, watching CD, so I don't honestly know who the quarterback was. Either way, it was a good ball. It was a good route. Uh, it was just a better break by Carlton Davis. You'd love to see it. But my play of the day, James, wasn't from CD3. It was actually from Antoine Winfield Jr., and it wasn't even an interception. But, again, I'm watching Antoine. A lot of deep safety play for Antoine. Now, he did come down in the nickel later, as we observed. But a lot of deep safety play. Uh, single high in the end zone looks for Antoine Winfield early on in the in the team versus team portions. This was nine on nine uh, versus the Miami Dolphins offense. And again, I was just on that rep. I was watching him. He, he kind of dropped back into his zone. Uh, Tyreek Hill came over the middle on a crossing route, and Antoine read it beautifully. Came up, and, and the good news about him coming up is there's no, there was no Cooper Cup running behind him as he was coming up. You know what I mean? So he comes up. Uh, ball comes out on time. Ball is on target. But Antoine got there just in time. Uh, one hand on Tyreek Hill's back. The other hand. Uh, reached out in front, knocked it out. Listen, if he's one step sooner on that thing, which it's hard to ask a safety, a deep safety, especially in zone, to be. But if he's one step faster on that thing, that thing's going the other way. Uh, and because of the speed and the depth of the Miami Dolphins offense, they may not catch him. That may be uh, a pick six. But either way, just watching the mental uh, ability to read it, the reaction on it, the confidence in it, and then the technical execution of it. There was a referee right on there. I say hand on the back, no pass interference. It was a very, very clean play. Did not throw the deuces. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like That was a play. I was like, he might throw the deuces. He might throw the deuces. And WDAE was right behind me, and they had just talked about over-under on how many deuces get thrown up. He didn't do it. So I'm not going to say I'm disappointed, but I'm disappointed. Saving the deuces for uh, for tomorrow. You know, all, it seemed like all of the scrums were over on the Bucks offense versus Dolphins yeah. defense side. So maybe we're, we're saving that for, uh, for Thursday's practice. But, look, I, as you were watching that, I was watching – the offense, and again, you know the the Bucks, and, and you kind of mentioned it too. These seven on seven drills, these one on one drills, they're kind of designed for the offense to right. win. But the Bucks offense just it had an absolutely phenomenal day. And my play of the day comes from your guy, Cade Otten. You know the tight end, and and he was running. It was a shallow crossing route. Honorary and, Sun Devil, Cade Otten. Honor, I'm just no. gonna I'm just gonna make that happen. No veto. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just a, a shallow crossing route. Brady led him just a little bit too far, and Kate Otten stretched out perpendicular with the field. He looked like Superman. You could Photoshop a cape on him if anybody got a photo, and he would look just like, uh, you know, what Henry Cavill, whatever his name is, uh, playing Superman. Beautiful catch. Hits the ground, maintains control, and the reason I say that is there was a catch earlier in the day uh, where the Bucks receiver, I haven't jotted down, um. Yeah, not important. But you know, he he catches the ball, hits the ground, the ball pops straight up in the air, and a Dolphins player intercepts it. So Otten full layout catches the ball, maintains control to the ground. Absolutely phenomenal play by him, trying to earn that trust that we talked about. You yeah. know, we know that it takes a lot for Brady to trust a guy, and and for rookies especially, you really have to earn that. And and Otten's doing everything he can to do exactly that. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, the only play, you know, look, I was, like I said, I was focused on the defense, but there's a break in the action. I saw the ball out of my peripheral. I saw the ball had been snapped. So I looked over and uh, Tom Brady overthrew Tyler Johnson. Johnson mm -hmm. went up for it. Didn't come down with it. Nobody came down with it. Fortunately, no interception, nothing. But basically from what I saw the offense, uh, Tom Brady's washed. 
Tyler Johnson can't catch and uh, Owen 17. No, no, that's, no. that's evil Bucks media. We don't want to do is. that, but we do like to talk to guys like Cyril Grayson Jr. We did exactly that mm-hmm. after practice. We are going to air that interview for you guys in our regularly scheduled episode, just like yesterday, which will drop later tonight on YouTube, 9 p.m. Eastern time uh, is the target. A little late yesterday. Um, I would like to blame that on something else other than the fact that we were uh, sitting right back here, very tired from our, our hot, hot day. But we will try to get out on time for you guys today. Uh, please bear with us. And then uh, we're going to come back, finish this episode, talking about the Bucks and the Dolphins going head-to-head. We're going to discuss our players of the day. So our play of the day, not necessarily our players of the day. My name is going to be a little bit familiar. Uh, but real quick, first before we do that, shout-out to Joshua Marcus, CL, Michael Stevenson, Todd Murphy, Chris Webb, Snipes, and Slim Stank. Uh, I wonder. Stank. I wonder if there's any relation to Stank B word because I don't know if YouTube. <laughs> I don't know if YouTube will uh, will flag that or not if I say the word. So thank you all for joining us, and the rest of you who have not dropped in the in the comments yet. By all, by all means, uh, jump in there. We'll thank you as well. But we thank you either way. If you have questions, drop them in the live chat, or if you're watching this after the live is over, drop them in the comments. And just like yesterday, we will get to as many of those in our regularly scheduled episode. Uh, again, like we did yesterday, and we will do so. Thanks to our friends over at BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events in the number one source for odds, lines, and games. They have reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live game in betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at BetOnline. Where the game starts. All right, thanks again for being us with being with us here live on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thanks for making this first listener, your first view every single day. A little bit later than the lunch hour than we were yesterday. This is about the time we're going to go live tomorrow as well. Bucks and Dolphins practices are a little bit later than practices have been, so this will be about the same time. We appreciate all of you who have been able to. Make it through. Shout out to all of you who are doing it and your bosses don't know you're doing it. Uh, you're our kind of people. We're going to talk about who was at practice and who wasn't at practice coming up in a bit. There's actually some good news in there. Uh, but first, we did see the Bucks offense take on the Dolphins defense while the Bucks even taking on the Dolphins offense. James, I was watching the defensive drills uh, and again, getting into the defense. So we talked about a couple of plays, we talked about those things. But I think the biggest thing is this team is playing fast and they're playing all over the field. So the Miami Dolphins offense, what they really did uh, in, in the early drills, and we're talking seven on seven, nine on nine. We did get a little bit of 11 11 uh, before both teams moved to the main field uh, to do their two minute drills, which we will cover in our regularly scheduled episode. We will get in depth on what the two minute drills uh, looked like. Spoiler alert, Bucks won. Um, but in these, in the two side fields when they were working together, again, seven on seven, nine on nine. I don't know about you. We got one session of 11 on 11, uh, kind of a drive simulation. The Bucks won that uh, as well. Bucks defense won that contest as well. But what I like from what the Dolphins brought to the Buccaneers defense is you brought a lot of motion. There was a lot of crossing. There was a lot of uh, horizontal routes versus vertical. Not as much vertical. I did expect to see at some point maybe a play action rollout and they try to get Tyreek behind the defense. They didn't really try that a whole lot, but a lot of side to side motion with Jalen Waddell, uh, with, with Kent Sherfield, with Ty- Tyreek Hill, um, and a lot of perimeter runs. Not as many inside runs, but a lot of perimeter runs. Now, the Dolphins offense did win some of those perimeter runs, unfortunately. They did a good job of setting the edge. Mike Gusecki, he's one of the more versatile tight ends in the National Football League, earned some money. There was one play. He sealed off Levante David really, really well. Like Levante's great, but Mike Gusecki won that rep. Running back kicked out uh, on the edge. There was another play 
where uh, Chase Edmonds caught a ball. It was a short, just a short, you know, typical running back hook or whatever, just dump off to a uh, hit him. Chase put the left foot in the dirt, spun around, and look, our guy Devin, again, we love him, but Devin just planted. I mean, he could not move. I don't blame him either. He could not move. Chase spun right around him, took off upfield for about another eight to 10 yards. But honestly, the Bucks defense won the day. There were a lot of really good run fits. Uh, something I really liked was out of KJ Britt. Again, we talked to him after practice. You can hear that conversation in our regularly scheduled episode. I asked him about his football IQ and how that's coming along because James on two specific uh, iterations. Uh, one time I saw him go up, uh, he smacked Vitavea on the butt. I don't know what that means to the Bucks defense, but it means something. <laughs> and whatever it meant, the Buccaneers defensive line, when the snap happened, they broke the right way. The Miami Dolphins tried to hit their zone blocking scheme a certain way. The Bucs were all over that running back went nowhere. Uh, the next play, having a couple snaps later, KJ Britt, again, don't know exactly what he said, don't know what the, the adjustment meant, but he was hollering words out. They tried to stretch the perimeter, go hit another edge run, and the Buccaneers swallowed it up. KJ Britt getting some first-team runs, letting Levante David, Devin White get some, some, some time on the sideline. KJ definitely showing how much he's grown uh, from an IQ standpoint, and, and you'll love to see it. And then when you get to uh, the secondary, I'm going to tell all you guys right now who want to hear defensive line stuff, it was too far away. They were, they were practicing <laughs> on the opposite 20. Uh, you know what I mean? Media, we're all the way back on this end zone. They're all the way over there. I can't see the trenches enough to really tell you. I, I will tell you there were definitely some sacks that came in. I know uh, I saw a tweet from a Bucks media member um, that Logan Hall had gotten a couple of practice sacks, right? No actual hitting, but a couple of uh, practice sacks. So you'll obviously love uh, to hear those kinds of things. Deep secondary, again, a lot of a lot of single high zone against this Dolphins offense, and it worked time and time again. There were a couple of opportunities. I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of times I was sitting there with an, a Dolphins media person, and we were sitting there. I was like, they got a zone look, um, and I'm looking. And you got you got a corner off. You got Antoine Winfield deep on the on the on the uh, on the on the high side. And I looked at the Miami Dolphins guy. I'm like, they got Tyreek on an in breaking route. It's open all day. They had Tyreek Hill on an in breaking route. They didn't go to Tyreek Hill on that in breaking <laughs> route. They went to a dump off to the running back and gained about three yards. So you love to see that if you're a Bucks fan. But you know, they're, they're, so some some read issues coming from the Miami Dolphins side. But I will say a standout uh, from there is Zion McCollum. But we're going to talk about him here more in a second. But let's get over to the offense. Yeah, the offense, it was kind of similar to what you were saying. Not a lot of deep shots, not a lot of go routes or, or the typical air raid Buccaneers offense. But in these seven on sevens, the 11 on 11s, you know, the, the Bucs offense looked phenomenal. They were it was a lot of situations where they were getting the running backs involved, whether it was just a little swing pass, whether it was a dump off over the middle. But the running backs were making the plays happen and they were gaining chunk yardage yeah. on those plays. It wasn't the little two, three yard gains. It was seven, eight, 11 yards on these gains. Uh, poor this poor Dolphins corner. Mm. And I, I asked a, a Miami PR member how to pronounce his name. I'm going to try to get it right. I'm, I'm fairly confident. But his name was... Uh, we practiced it. We did. Uh, Noah Igbenogany. Okay. Rhymes with mahogany. Igbenogany. This dude got picked on all day long. Mm. It didn't matter if it was Brady. Didn't matter if it was Gabbard. This dude got mossed. Absolutely mossed by anybody that he covered. And... I, I'm not going to get into one of the wide receivers quite yet. I'll get into him in a moment. But a couple of the standouts from the offensive side of the ball, number one was the interior of the offensive line. They look really, really good. And, David, I know that was a point of emphasis for us yeah. this week. Uh, you know, Once the Dolphins got to town, 
How is the interior of that line looking? Robert Hainsey looked absolutely fantastic, as did both of the guards. You know, we know all about Shaq Mason, but it didn't matter if it was Gedeke or if it was Aaron Stinney. Both of these guys look really, really good. So Tom is very comfortable in that pocket. He's able to step up. You know, in these drills, none of the practice sacks yeah, and, and nothing blown dead. They did have the full officiating crew. So we had yeah. some we had some pass interference calls. You had Xavier Howard crying to the uh to the ref because he felt that Julio Jones got away with not one but two offensive pass interferences. Uh that was not the case. Uh again, we'll get into that in just a moment. But Jalen Darden, a huge standout mm-hmm. still. He is I, I'm gonna eat some crow if he keeps this up because he was beating everybody. Um, Igbenogany being one of them, but he even beat uh, Xavier Howard in in one rep, and it was you know it was a perfect catch, caught him right in stride, didn't have to adjust or anything, it just dropped right into the breadbasket yeah. over the outstretched hands of Xavier Howard. So the offense was looking really really good. Giovanni Bernard continues to shine. He was really contributing in both the run and the passing game, and Rashad White continuing to look really really good. So again, not a lot of of air raid offense, but with the limited receivers that they had out there, no Mike, no Chris, no Gage, you know, they kept it a little conservative, but in doing so, they still succeeded against that defense. Absolutely. So good stuff from the offense. My player of the day, holistically, right? I'm actually going to go Zion McCollum. We talked to him yesterday and what you want to see. I talked to Matt Matera from Peter Report on the sideline. We were kind of conversing. We both agreed. Like what you're seeing from Zion McCollum is you see all the athletic tools and the traits. What you're now seeing is the day-to-day growth from a mental standpoint and a football IQ standpoint, and you'll love to see it. There was one specific route. He was in one-on-ones, and the Miami Dolphins receiver tried to put four or five moves together on him. And look, some younger cornerbacks, they bite on one of those, it's game over. Zion kept kept discipline. He stayed in his position. He kept on his, his, his guy's hip, and he stayed with him throughout the entire route. Did have a little bit of a stumble in there in the break, um, but perfect read, perfect agility. The pass fell incomplete. That's exactly what you want from a guy like Zion McCollum. Real quick. Hi out there to Leighton Carter, who we met in person for the first time. Leighton, it was great to see you. Great to see you in the uh, live chat as well. Malcolm and Mario, also Marcus and Mr. West Mess. Russell Gage, we talked about in the first segment. So guys, after the live is complete, go back, uh, watch that after the the live is done. You'll hear everything we had to say about Russell Gage in there. Real quick, uh, Mario's talking about, you know, people are saying the Dolphins look great. People are saying the Bucks look great. Can't possibly be both. Honestly, it was actually both. It was a little bit of both. I will say, though, that I think that the Bucks won. We're going to get more into that in our regularly scheduled episode, which will drop 9 p.m. tonight, why the Bucks won the day. But real quick, I will say, look, Tua Tagovailoa had some really good decision-making. The perimeter runs against the Bucks defense did hit on occasion. And even though there were no big plays in, in, the, in the defense versus the offensive portions of the practice, I will say that their horizontal passing game, is really, really good. And they're going to gash some defenses who overcommit or, or have bad angles in pursuit, and those guys are going to get loose. So the Dolphins did look good, but I will say that the Buccaneers won, and I'll tell you why uh, tonight on our regularly scheduled episodes. Come back, and we'll get more in-depth on why the Buccaneers won the day. Absolutely. And real quick, my player of the day on the offensive side of the ball, it, it may be low-hanging fruit. You may make fun of me a little bit. It was Julio Jones. Absolutely. Julio Jones, who basically was the number one receiver out there, especially after Russell Gage went down. The dude didn't lose a rep. He was absolutely dominant. And, and let me tell you, congratulations, Julio Jones, on being every fan's new favorite player. The crowd, <laughs> and, and Leighton can vouch for this, yeah. the crowd went nuts every time that guy touched the ball. But he looks like vintage Julio, which is really, really exciting. If you're a Buccaneers fan, and, and Todd Bowles talked about it on on Tuesday, 
that he's more than a red zone threat. He is an every down threat. He can play in any situation and he's showing it. And it, it they had, you know, Xavier matched up with Julio every time Julio was out there. Julio didn't lose a rep where Julio didn't make the mistake. He had one dropped pass that I saw and he had Howard beat and he even smacked himself in the helmet after he <laughs> dropped the ball because he knew it was on him. Yeah. But Julio looks absolutely phenomenal. He was hands down my player of the day. Yeah, shout out to Julio Jones. Jones, also shout out to uh, the good Austin. I have a friend named Austin back in Virginia. He is now going to be called the bad Austin, and he <laughs> doesn't even know why. Come up here on the Lots on Bucks podcast, and we're going to wrap this up with Roll Call. Who was there? Who wasn't? And our final initial thoughts on this live episode of Lots on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Locked On Bucks live following training camp practice against the Miami Dolphins. And it's time for a little bit of roll call. We got to let people know who was participating, who was out. Much like yesterday, Josh Wells still out, excused absence. Mike Evans still held out, just kind of standing there watching, uh, you know, in his in his street clothes and his practice jersey. Rashad Perryman held out yet again. Cameron Brait was held out. I didn't see anything surrounding Cameron Brait. I believe it was just a veteran rest day. Yeah. Uh, you did have, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, Russell Gage left. Early with the leg injury, we think it's, you know, the hamstring. That's exactly what he grabbed. We don't know the extent, anything like that as of this moment. But he left early. And then something that we haven't mentioned yet, and I will preface this by saying, don't worry. (laughs) But on the very last play of practice, David, and you and I both missed it because it happened while we were walking with our backs turned to the field, heading to the media tent. Robert Hainsey helped off the field, which struck fear into the hearts of everyone, just cramps. So, you know, people were very concerned. You could lose Robert Hainsey on the very last play of practice. Now you're down to your number three center. Uh, no, he's good. Just some cramps similar to that of Tristan Wirfs when he was carted off last week. So that's kind of how that broke down. Again, I don't expect to see Russell Gage until next week at the absolute earliest, if it's even that soon. But uh, Robert Hainsey should be back on the field tomorrow. I think Cameron Bray will be as well. No no telling when Josh will return or when Mike or Brashad will be back. Yeah, absolutely. For the defense, I mean, pretty much everybody's suiting up. I mean, some guys that weren't suiting up yesterday, Troy Warner, JoJo Zugu, uh, Akeem Hicks was obviously there. Um, Chris Cooper is the only guy I couldn't find during our roll call session. Doesn't mean he wasn't out there because uh, what actually struggled with today is uh, the fact they were all wearing white. Usually yes. the defense is wearing <laughs> red and the offense is wearing white, so you can at least separate it. But today they were all wearing white. They were all huddled up a lot. And like I said, when they were doing the team drills, uh, they were kind of off in the distance. And I'm not so much doing roll call at that point. So I couldn't find – like I looked up with Greg Allen and I looked up, you know, the Pewter Reports of the World too, who usually do a good job of roll call. I didn't see any notes on Chris um, one way or the other. So I'm not – Let's see, sure. Chris Cooper was there. Like, where in the world is Chris Cooper? Maybe he was there. Maybe he wasn't. Uh, 39 will be the first number I look for uh, tomorrow. But, again, it's good news that everybody was uh, participating. Everybody was there uh, and and doing a good job. So, um, Robert Ainsey comes away, hopefully unscathed, right? Russell Gage. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, Tyler Johnson, guys, keep 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 an eye turned to your Twitter feeds tomorrow because Tyler Johnson is about that game. Uh, he wants yeah. the smoke. He is willing and he's looking for an excuse. Tyler Johnson or Tyler uh, Scotty Miller took a cheap shot from Dolphin safety Brandon Jones. Mm-hmm. So find that guy on Twitter and give him a hard time. Um, I don't know what his deal was. He was he was he gave a shoulder check to Tyler Johnson at one point too. Um, Tyler Johnson coming to his teammates' defense. Uh, Leonard Fournette took a swing at Christian Wilkins, which 
Uh, if you're going to take a swing on Christian Wilkins, you better be Leonard Fournette's size. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you that. No so, um, yeah, so not the cleanest practice from a, from that standpoint, but that's kind of what you expect when you get these guys together. We'll see what happens tomorrow because uh, some guys are going to come in with something to prove. And Brandon Jones, I don't know, maybe maybe Dax Milne took his girlfriend or something, and he's he's uh, angry. I don't know what happened there, but yeah. Brandon Jones needs uh, anger management classes. But uh, you guys have been been great. We appreciate all of you. Um, for, for joining us here on this live episode again, following practice tomorrow around the same time, shooting for 1.30, 1.45 p.m. Eastern time or so after practice is done. We are planning on talking with Rashad White. We're planning on talking with Coach uh, Lori Locus. We are planning on talking with Carmen Vitale mm-hmm. of the Draft Network, who, yes, is in town for the Dolphins practices. And then, again, come back 9 p.m. tonight is the plan. Uh, regularly scheduled in an audio format. We have uh, Cyril Grayson Jr. and we have K.J. Britt coming for you on that episode yeah and uh you know going back to to brandon jones and some of the kerfuffles that happened you know we set the over under two and a half i was talking to uh zach blobner of 620 wdae and we we equate this to like half sacks so there were some kerfuffles listen leonard fournette swing on christian that's a full kerfuffle as far as i'm concerned contact was made of a violent nature but basically all of the kerfuffles have added up to one and a half kerfuffles Uh, so so yep. we're a full kerfuffle away from we are, breaking the over. Well, yeah, we're a full away from being even. Uh, we, are, we are a day like today away from hitting the over. So, yes, thank you again, all of you, for joining us. Adam here. Davies, what's up? He got in there late, but we're going to say hi to him anyway. Oh, hey, awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if, if any of you are at practice tomorrow and you see us walking by, flag us down just like our yeah. buddy Layton did. It was Absolutely. great to meet you in person, uh, you know. Hope to uh, hope to see you again sooner rather than later. But thank all of you for joining the live chat, joining the live show, and make sure you're coming back for our regularly scheduled episode tonight. We want to thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Now you need to make your second listen, the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you moves that no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and hit that notification button so you know when we go live tomorrow following practice against the Miami Dolphins. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those cannons. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.